On this St. Patrick's Day, of course, we had lots to celebrate, but we also had some serious things to discuss, like the fact that there are more road fatalities. Road fatalities are on the rise in Winnipeg, and there is a suspicion that it has to do with pandemic rage. Are you feeling the effects of this? But yes, since it's St. Patrick's Day, we checked in with the Irish Association to find out what they're gearing up to get going today, and we asked you... If you have any lucky charms, I'm Brett McGarry alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Friday, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day podcast for the start. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Happy St. Patrick's Day. And it occurred to me this morning as I was trying to figure out what to wear that I do not own a single piece of green clothing (laughs) other than a pair of socks that say I would rather be golfing. <laughs> That's and I am McGarry is an Irish name. It's, I feel ashamed. I, I'm the opposite. Yesterday I was wearing a green. I, wore, I think I wore a green Monday, and you then did? I wore a green sweater yesterday. And our boss says to us, "You're gonna act, you're like gonna get rid of all your green before St. Patrick's Day." And I was like, "Are you kidding?" And I'm in a green dress today because I'm a redhead. So like, there's only two colors that really look good on the redhead. The rest are just sort of meh. So green's a staple of your yeah. of your wardrobe. And Brett, I am much in the same situation as you, but probably for a different reason than you. I refuse to buy anything green because <laughs> oh, it represents that's uh, that's fact. It's I, I it's that sometimes it's hyperbole, sometimes it's for fun, but this is genuine. I do not buy anything green because of the rivalry between the Blue Bombers and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And the only thing I have, I have on today, it's a, like a lime neon green Under Armour shirt that I bought about 15 years ago to go under my Seattle Seahawks jersey because in this version of the Seahawks, they have just one <laughs> little neon green stripe. Yep. And so it's the only reason I own this piece of clothing is to complement another piece of clothing. It, and that's it. It's like Clay knew why he was doing it, though, because he walked right by us first thing this morning, Clay Young, Global News Morning, and said, Got two Riders fans back here. And I was like, oh. and I was more insulted for the St. Patrick's Day. And Greg's instantly just angry. And I'm like, we already don't need to push Greg's buttons today. If if we both had hockey gloves on, <laughs> they would have been dropped. <laughs> well, speaking of hockey, we're going to tell you what happened last night in just a moment. Also, a heads up that a bit later on this morning, just after 8.45, we have to announce a contest winner. The power of sleep from Sleep country, because today is not just St. Patrick's Day, but it's also World Sleep Day. So on our website at cjob.com, you had the chance to nominate someone you think deserves a good night's sleep to win a $250 Sleep Country gift card. So we're going to announce that one on, uh, just after 845, because Sleep Country, they've launched something called the 248-hour challenge to inspire Canadians to take action and try to get more sleep. So in other words, it's to get eight hours of sleep every night for 31 days. When I saw that. Say that again. I I said, God bless them. For yeah. this. This is wonderful, but I also had to laugh at the same time because we know so many of us are sleep deprived and eight hours of sleep once a week is a gift from God, <laughs> let alone to get eight hours of sleep every single night. We know we're doing this to ourselves. We know it's a, a really, a, they're calling it, right? The the next cancer is the last la- lack of sleep and it's a carcinogen is essentially what they're calling it. Our 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 Lack of sleep in our lives. Yeah, this is this is great. I'm glad somebody's promoting this. I, I agree. I just I'm trying to figure out when I is it. We'd have to go to bed at seven at the latest. Yeah, you get up a little earlier, so you'd be more like a six thirty. I went to bed. There was one day last week where I said that's it. I went to bed at seven o'clock. And did you sleep eight straight? Um, well, six and a half straight. Oh. So I go. I woke up. I had to go to the washroom. I went back to bed and tried to go back to sleep. But still, six and a half hours straight through. 
uh, was the longest I've slept in a row in a long time. I'm more impressed with that survey from Sleep Country that says 56% of us wake up tired in the morning saying we didn't get enough sleep, but that means a good chunk of people did get a good sleep, like 44%. So I'm shocked. I thought all of us woke up in the morning like, Ugh. Yeah, wait, okay. I, I like no the way sleep. you flip that around. I always say to my kids when they're tired in the morning, there's only one place that you can really gain or get and ensure that you're getting extra sleep. It's not at seven between 7 and 7.30 when your mom's trying to get you out of bed. That should be before you go to bed. Go to bed a little bit earlier. And they just will not buy into that concept whatsoever. There's something always very important going on until the very last minute that will keep them from going to bed. I, I don't know. I mean, I remember that mentality too, Brett. Well, I still have it. It's my daily struggle. I, I fight my, I wake up grumpy, and then when it's time to go to bed, I stay up because I don't want to go to bed. So it's it's this daily it's this daily to bed. fight where Night Brett decides he hates Morning Brett, and then Morning Brett wakes up and hates Night Brett. And I don't know why the two of them can't just get along for more than one day <laughs> a year. And you do that thing like today. I'm gonna be. I did it this morning. You got to be better, Loren. You got to go to bed earlier. You got to set the. You got to get up. Today's the day. I'm going to be a better person today. And you know what? I won't. I'll go to bed late tonight. (laughs) It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb on this St. Patrick's Day after Global News at 7 o'clock. We are going to check in with the Irish Association to see what they have cooking up for today. And uh, it's kind of exciting. I think that it fell on a Friday. That's what I was, my whole question to him was, how lucky is this? St. Patrick's Day on a Friday. I mean, I get it comes around in the calendar. It's not luck, but it's lucky for anyone else who's heading out. Yeah, that's right. There's some some extra special uh, significance, I suppose, as after I head out to the pub after work. But uh, that's coming up after Global News at 7 o'clock. And a reminder that it's Friday, which means the couch potatoes assemble at 7.35. Right now, we want to talk about how last year, the Winnipeg Police Service responded to more traffic collision fatalities than any previous year. So that's the data from a recent report that was given by the chief to the police board. And it showed there were 28 fatalities on Winnipeg roads last year. So that's more than three times the number that was seen in 2021, three times the number seen in 2020, when there were nine fatalities in each of those years. And so I think you could sit there and say, okay, that was the pandemic. There's not as many cars on the road. But in that police report, it shows numbers from 2018. So in pre-pandemic years, you can compare the fact that there was just 13 road fatalities in 2018 compared to that 28 seen last year. So still, we're at two times pre-pandemic levels, Greg. And so we uh, we wanted to know why. Sure. So that's what's in the report. And the, the numbers uh, sometimes speak for themselves. But what's behind the numbers? He, well, here's what... Chief Danny Smythe told the Winnipeg Free Press, here's a quote, I don't want to lay it all on the pandemic, but there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of anger out in the community, and I think it manifests itself through things like traffic. Smythe goes on to say, I can't think of anything else that would have such a big swing on the numbers we are seeing. We are seeing a change in people's behavior. So I, I don't know if that means that people are intentionally going out with, you know, to try to hurt someone. I don't think that's what he means. I think he's, you're behaving, maybe driving more fast, maybe being frustrated, weaving in and out of traffic. And I went looking at headlines around North America from the past month. I just typed in road rage. Los Angeles police, they're seeing a 23% rise in road rage incidents. In Chicago, Illinois, state police say shooting victims are increasingly reporting that road rage is the reason behind an exchange in gunfire. So that's more on the extreme end. And in Colorado, state police there said they've seen an increase in what they're calling aggressive driving. So that could be honking, weaving in and out of traffic, passing badly, making angry gestures, pulling out weapons, which of course perhaps isn't an issue here. But I saw headlines in El Paso that talked about the same. Uh, There was ones in Ohio. There was basically countrywide. We're seeing something and you have to ask yourself, is is there some sort of pandemic rage? There was a very high profile case in Florida that just went through the courts where a gentleman, you can very easily find the video online. It's been all over my social media the last week to 10 days of a gentleman reaching into his glove box while he's when angry about something that somebody else had done on the road. He fires several shots and this gentleman got off on Florida's stand your ground law. 
So like there has yeah, this, so this has been really high profile in a in a bunch of different communities right across the country. And I'm seeing, I know I'm seeing some things in terms of aggressive driving, like people uh, just the other day on Lajamodier, somebody passed a group of people, a group of us heading northbound on 59. It was during the rush hour and somebody was compelled to get around everybody by passing on the shoulder, everybody on the right. And I'm not talking about some people in that part of the city know, oh yeah, people use the shoulder to turn onto grassy all the time, which is an illegal maneuver. I'm talking about at speed. At 75, 80 kilometers an hour, there was no way to go to the left. So this individual decided to go to the right and pass several vehicles on the right in the shoulder and then merge back into traffic. It was very bothersome, but it's not the first time I've seen anything goofy like that over the last several months. That's scary. That's scary. I hate that kind of stuff. Um, I just, I wonder, like for me, I know, for example, driving during the pandemic I'd, and I hate the circumstances that led to it, but driving during the pandemic was kind of a dream. Yeah. And now I will, I avoid and will plan my day around avoiding rush hour. Like I will leave <laughs> if I'm visiting with somebody, if depending on where I am, like let's say I'm visiting my dad and three o'clock rolls around, I'm out. Like, beat sorry, I'm not traffic. I gotta beat, go down. traffic. <laughs> yes, you're like at a bomber's game and we're giving you the keys because you're leaving early. But do you, is that because it just frustrates you? Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. Like I it's, can't stand. Is it timing? You want to get home more quickly or you're just, you're just too angry by the time you're done that drive? Yeah, I can't. I just can't deal with ru- rush hour. And I think after experiencing that, that dream driving during the pandemic, going back to a normal sort of routine for me was even more aggravating. I think part of it is it's, I never have to deal with it. So when I do have to deal with it, it's extra frustrating now because of how calm things were on the road a couple of years ago. But we were wondering in the last few months, you know, we were talking transit safety, people, just weird behaviors on the bus, uh, the sort of frustration you might see at the till or a checkout, or you're, you're getting takeout and you hear someone yell at the server in front of you and you think to yourself, are people more angrier now? We have wondered. And so these numbers, while there's no proof in what he's saying, he's, he's anecdotally saying, I, I can't think of any other reason why we'd see these rise besides people exercising frustrations out behind the wheel. It does kind of make sense to me, whether that's post-pandemic behavior or we're just angrier as a society or not. It kind of adds up. And all the hit and runs we've had. Hits and run, hit and runs uh, over the last uh, year or so. Uh, you know, Does it come down to road design? Does it come down to just we're becoming less patient as a society? And I, you make a good point, Brett, because I think a lot of us did get addicted to being able to get across the city in 25 minutes again mm-hmm. during the pandemic mm-hmm. and, and during rush hour. It's a grind. It's a real grind. So, And it does change your behavior. I, in this shift, we have no traffic, right, when we're driving to work. And last week when I was doing the budget day, I came in for, well, I was trying to be here for 8.30, left at 7.45, which would have been ample time. And then I realized I was driving in for the first time in three years oh boy. in rush hour. And man, was I mad when I got here. I <laughs> just, I lost an act 22 minutes of my time. I didn't know what was going on. Every road That was I, the difference in your commute? 22 minutes. Wow. Every, that's a lot, of, a, that's a lot of time. It was a ton of time. And I, so I, you know, I didn't act out that aggression in any way besides mumbling a lot when I came in, but. <laughs> Just muttering to yourself. I told everybody who would listen, you will not believe how long it took me. You're to still not here. over it. Oh, got my arms crossed right now. I'm <laughs> squeezing my fists together to control myself. Get a grip, McNabb. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Since it's Patrick's St. Patrick's Day, let's talk about luck. Do you carry any lucky charms? No, we're not talking about the cereal, although maybe a little baggie of lucky charm cereal is your lucky charm. I don't know. Or maybe you have, what was the word, Cameron Poitras? Uh, what did you say? Talisman. A talisman. A talisman. Okay. I never even, I always, whenever I hear that word, I... And forgive my ignorance on this, but it just makes me think of like an Indiana Jones kind of scenario. Yeah, that's where I got it from. Okay. 
<laughs> okay. It's a, it's a good word for this sort of thing. Yeah. Or do you do anything like knock on wood for superstitions? 204-780-6868. Tell us a story for a chance to win either tickets to see the Winnipeg Jets take on Arizona on Tuesday, March 21st, or the Doobie Brothers coming to Winnipeg on October 22nd. So let's go around the horn here. Loren, you're the, the one wearing all green. What uh, What you got? I have all sorts of things that I do. I do knock on wood every time I say something and don't want to jinx myself. I don't know if that's a lucky charm, but I've carried things in my purse for years that are, you know, my pieces of my grandmother's rosary or my uncle who passed away a piece of his shirt. I've had things where I, when I get on a plane and this should be about saying the prayer, but now it's sort of become a luck thing where I get on a plane, I do a sequence of prayers in the exact same order at the exact same time. And then I want it to be done just as we're taking off. Like it's a bit, uh, it's a bit much, but it's, I don't know, is that a lucky charm or is that just me being superstitious? Mm, it's a routine. It's a, it's, a, it's a lucky routine. But on the charm front, I do carry things and I even have a little thing my mom gave me that's uh, one of the saints that you, but I rub it for good luck. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm all over that stuff. Mackling? I had no idea. Mm-hmm. This is actually shocking me right now to know that Loren goes down this path. <laughs> I, I, most of mine have to do with sports, and but uh, as well, you know, if I spill salt, I do the throw it over both shoulders because I don't I know do, which. I do that too. I don't I know do which shoulder you're supposed to do it because um, my great grandmother was very superstitious. Uh, you don't put new shoes on a table, like even in the box. Uh, uh, if a bird poops on you, it's good luck. All these different things that we've carried over the years. But for me, it just has to do with not talking about certain things when they're on the precipice of happening. I don't say shutout when the goalie is on, you know, could get a shutout. Uh, Derek Taylor and I were at the Grey Cup announcement um earlier in the week and he's talking about how in 2025 the Bombers could be on the precipice of winning five great cups in six seasons and <laughs> all this I'm like how, why are you how can you talk about this and the bottom line is Derek Taylor will make proclamations anytime anywhere at any point and I'll show you a text message from the last great cup game that I am sure jinxed the Blue Bombers <laughs> it's his the, fault. it is his fault though so the point is he will do it I will not I totally agree with you, Mackling. It is his fault. <laughs> you can't jinx this sort of thing. I wouldn't say it either. You can't. You can't just bring you can't bring that sort of thing into the universe. You just can't you can't curse the team with jinxes like that. They they'll they'll never win. Well, I feel look, a certain kinship with you again this morning, Cam. Yeah, every now and then. I would just like to say I don't think the cosmos cares. <laughs> If, you think if, that, Brad. If one person <laughs> happens to say something about you know, when when people I, I always love when people oh, it's my fault. I washed my car, so it rained. No. You're logical. The, the uni- you're not that. <laughs> you see that as, 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 as self-important. Yeah, it's hubris. Yeah, see, and, and, that's, and that's not what it's about. You're, that's you're, not what it's yeah. about. You're thinking too logically and scientific about this, uh, Brad. It's, it's an emotional-based uh, uh, proclamation. It's nothing more than that. Skylar Peters, what about you? Lucky charms, talismans? Uh, when the Bombers had a 10-point lead in the Grey Cup game, I was here uh, preparing to uh, witness a Portage Main party, should they have one. And I put on my long underwear and big socks, preparing to go out into the cold. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I, just, I needed a, another, I've been sitting on this. Again. I've been sitting on this for three months. It's a good thing and the only person the who knows is Christian O'Malley. Right <laughs> so my apologies... Winnipeg um, won't do it again. So this is fascinating because that's a superstition in and around it about the idea that you jinxed it. But then are you a person that believes in luck the other way? Like, can you create the luck? Yeah, I'm a, I with, was going to say, I'm, what, a, you know? I'm like a karma guy. Like, mm-hmm. if you want good things to happen to you, do good things for other people. Right. You know, Put it good. out there. Yeah. So I try to, you know, treat people nicely and, and hope they treat me back. That's not necessarily like a superstition, but I think uh, I think there's like a... There's a certain like cycle to it out there somewhere. So you gotta you gotta put in your work and, and you'll you'll see the the fruit of your labor. It's, can karma be tied into luck? I'm the same on the same idea. I would never if I'm not sick, I'm not saying I'm sick. You know, and I'm not right. gonna say the kids are sick just because I am tired and want to stay. It's either I'm giving <laughs> you the facts of what's going on in my life or not, because I it feels like it's gonna come back to you the wrong way. Like next you know, the kids will get sick the next day if I say I'm staying home because the kids are sick. That's just about not wanting to lie, but it's also about being nervous enough about it coming back to me the wrong way. 
Uh, when I was dating Jackie, we were doing some work out in Minnedosa on the building in Minnedosa. And I just like, come on, let's just stay for one more day. You can call in sick tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like you never call in sick. So I convinced her she did it. And then Tuesday morning, guess who woke up sick as a dog and missed the entire rest of the week? Oh, no. Sick. <laughs> yeah. It was the only yeah, time she ever fake called in sick. the wrong way. Yeah. Correct. Cameron Poitras, do you have any talismans? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I've, I've had numbers over the years. I used to carry this marble on me um, that obviously didn't give me enough luck, but because uh, I got rid of that dang thing. <laughs> but so that that was that was a curse. But I got this uh, necklace. My friend Rube gave this to me. It's a uh, high sign, um, which is eighteen, supposed to bring you good luck. Um, so I wear that on my on my neck. And you've been wearing it for how long? Uh, oh goodness, well he gave it to me as a gift. I would probably say maybe 18 months ago. And yeah, it's just... You've had a good 18 months, I will say. I, I think so. Yeah, not too bad. It's been okay. It's been not too bad. That's uh, good. Yeah. I was gifted a, a bracelet from somebody who worked at uh, Radiance Gifts on Cord and uh, before the uh, three years ago. The shop's shut down now, I believe. But um, it was uh, it did, you know it was going through a transition in my life, and he gave me this bracelet that was just meant to bring me good energy and and optimism. And uh, I I normally don't wear that kind of stuff, but it was it's such a thoughtful gift, and I treasured it. But then it snapped, mm-hmm. so he he gave me another one, and then that one snapped as well. So I, I still have the beads, but I just don't have the the bracelet anymore. But it did help me. It just even putting that on, I sort of felt like I was putting on some armor. In a weird like a placebo. Way. It's a placebo effect, but if it totally. works for you, you do it, right? 100%. Yeah. I want this necklace of cams. I'm going to yeah. run by. I also, <laughs> I also carry an American $1 bill in my wallet as a reminder that I'm not going to spend my retired years in this godforsaken, cold demon land that I'm, I'm born <laughs> Like when I, when I woke up this morning, I was just like, it was like minus 30 with the wind chill. And I was like, God. Where, so you're going, going to the States? To Flo- oh, oh, yeah, I see. Florida. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Eventually. Yes. Oh, Matt Abra, before we get out here, what about you? Uh, yeah, you know, I do the old uh, make a wish, blow out my birthday candles, make a wish. None of them have come true, by the way. So I'm not, you know, I mean, that girl <laughs> never, switch it up. that girl never dated me in the end. <laughs> so, it's, uh, so, you know, I, I find, I think you guys are putting undue stress on yourselves, you know, quite frankly, life is hard enough. You don't need to add all these, these superstitions to it. But, but actually I do have one little ritual that I stand by. Um, you know, when I was a kid, my, my dad used to say to me, you know, Matt, if you squeeze your eyes really tight, tight, when you're going to sleep, you'll go to sleep faster, which was not true at all. But for some reason, Probably he told just me hurt this. your face. No, and this was this was to try to get me to sleep on Christmas Eve. Aww. you know, as I was, and he's like, Santa uh, brings better presents when you go to sleep faster. Blah blah blah. But to this day. On Christmas Eve, I always kind of just before I go to sleep, I kind of squeeze my eyes tight. And I'm oh, like, that's, cute. Think, that's cute. Thinking that I'm going to get a good present because of it. Talking St. Patrick's Day in a moment. And on the St. Patrick's Day, we're asking you about lucky charms, talismans. Do you have a talisman at home? Do you carry a lucky charm with you? Or do you do anything like knock on wood it, for just for superstition. And what does Candace have to say on our text line, Loren? Well, Candace made me laugh because is this a bit of both? Is this luck? Is this superstition? She says, uh, my husband got pooped on at our garden wedding two minutes before walking down the aisle. Still happily married 23 and a half years later. That superstition sure worked for us. I've been pooped on once by a bird. Where? Uh, Golding Street in between Portage and Wooliver. I was delivering newspapers right on my thigh. I was wearing shorts and I went down as though I'd been shot. (laughs) (laughs) And I I dragged my thigh on the grass to wipe it off. I was so disgusted. But of course, when I got home, my grandma, who was staying with us at the time, oh, that's good luck. Yes. You should have left it on there. It's not superstition. That's that's just good luck. Like you want it to happen versus now you need to. It's not like. That's just to make you feel. Feel bad, I, of better it about is. the fact that birds just pooped on you. Of course it you. is. There's no other way. Like, oh, who who would get pooped on? And then that's exactly what that's about. Trying to find the good in the bad. Two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Keep your stories coming for a chance to win either tickets to see the Doobie Brothers fiftieth anniversary tour on October twenty second, or the Winnipeg Jets take on Arizona on Tuesday, March twenty first. In the meantime, as we talk about luck. We say happy St. Patrick's Day. I think of this as a fugitive day. The movie The Fugitive, like this is the culmination of the movie, is on St. Patrick's Day in Chicago. 
So I always think about that movie today. And if you're celebrating this day, whether you're Irish or not, luck is on your side because, well, it's on a Friday. Gerald Martin is the president of the Irish Association of Manitoba. And Gerald, I will not insult you in any way in trying to do an Irish accent and just say good morning. Good morning. Happy St. Patrick's Day. How are you all? Doing very well. And, uh, well, just off the what does St. Patrick's Day mean to you? St. Patrick's Day means a lot of fun to me, and it means a lot of work because we're a busy club, and we like to take care of everybody in the city. So it's a, it's a very, very busy day. And it's uh, about being Irish and trying to be Irish for a day at least for everybody else out there. <laughs> so I, I was surprised when I asked you to join us this morning. I offered you a later time slot, and you said, no, can I come on earlier? And I thought, oh, no, like, aren't you already going to have a crazy, long, busy day? What is in store for you and for the folks who might be celebrating at the Irish Club? Well, we got a great lineup for today and for tomorrow. Um, we have our house band, Encore, which is a group of young, pe- young guys put together, and it's, a, it's kind of a family group. And uh, they'll be playing with us all day long. And we have the Irish Mist Choir. That's an ongoing uh, group that's been with us forever. We have the McDonald School of Irish Dance. They're uh, uh, kind of a dance group that's been with us a long time, and we support them 100%. We have Cadre, the Flatland Cayley Band, and we have the Glenora Pipe Band. So we've got a lot of entertainment coming up, and uh, we have a parade tomorrow starting at 11.30 at the club and going down Aaron Street onto Portage and back down to Polo Park and back and up uh, Wall Street to the club again. We have food going on all day long today and tomorrow. We have Irish stew, shepherd's pie, Irish sausage on a bun, coal cannon. We got chocolates and treats like that. And we have the tato chips straight out of Ireland. So quite a... Do you serve an Irish martini? I saw this on someone's recipe the other day. I think it's just whiskey in a mart- in a martini glass. But I thought it looked good. They had it all dyed green, so it worked for me. What's what's uh, like? You know, we always look to Guinness as the drink of choice. But is there something particular on the menu for that? Well, Loren, we'll do anything down here. We're Irish, so we can uh, we can put together whatever you need to drink and put it in any kind of glass you wish. If you want green, we'll find green, but. We'd prefer not to. We like to drink our our drinks without it, but uh, we'll do anything down here. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of places will dye the beer green, but I've heard from uh, from purists that that's basically sacrilege. What? But it sounds like you're a bit more open to that. No, absolutely, we wouldn't do that. We're uh, <laughs> we like to serve. We like to serve the Guinness and the Harp and the Smithick straight up and nice and cold for you and in a tall glass. We don't mess around with the green stuff. Oh, see, so I'm, I'm half Irish, so I'm I'm insulting myself then by doing it. Is that what I'm doing? Like I shouldn't go down the green path? You might look a little green the next day, I'll tell you that. <laughs> don't mess with perfection. That's correct. Yeah, comes down to that. You mentioned the that the, for for. Irish people, it's a day of celebration, and it's a day for others to pretend they're Irish. And, you know, we, we hear the term cultural appropriation so much uh, these days. So are, any thoughts on, on that, you know, where, where people just uh, use this day as an excuse to, to wear green accessories and, and, and perhaps, you know, mimic or even mock Irish culture? I think that everybody wants to mimic Irish culture, and it, it's a very uh, everybody likes to think they're Irish, and after a few drinks, you become Irish. And uh, I think that uh, it's it's something that uh, the, the music and everything just brings you to that spirit. So it's it's good for everybody, and uh, I think that everybody likes to come in and enjoy it and become Irish for the day, or sometimes they stay longer. And we hope to get more members if that's the case. You know, like we're, we're always looking for more people to join your, our club. You don't have to be Irish. And we, uh, we have plays and stuff going on in the future. And we are open Fridays and Saturdays, hoping that we'll get in everybody we can. So come on down and be Irish. The word that I associate with Ireland and, I, the, you know, Irish culture for me is resilient. What's your word, Gerald? Irish culture is resilient. There's a... There, there's a lot of uh, history to it and uh, a lot of people that, that uh, follow it and want to be part of it. And there's, it goes back a long time. So, yeah, we're very proud of it. And we want to we want to see the culture stay in Canada and keep on growing for sure.
Irish Association of Manitoba at 654 Aaron Street on the St. Patrick's Day. What time do the festivities begin? I'm ready. I'm parked now and ready to go. <laughs> he's, he's there. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here, and I'm just going to pour a Guinness and get started. What time do the doors open for the public? We'll be starting around 10 o'clock for everybody else. All right, Gerald Martin, president of the Irish Association of Manitoba. Thank you very much for joining us, and happy St. Patrick's Day to you, sir. And happy St. Patrick's Day to you. Take care, everybody. And yes, indeed, I'm glad to hear him say, yeah, we're not going to do that. We're not putting green dye. I agree. I totally get it. I'm trying to find the recipe because we were talking about Irish food yesterday, which involved a lot of the corned beef and shepherd's pie and all the rest, but there was a lot of different kinds of drinks. But one, it said Irish martini, but I can't find it, and I'm pretty sure it was just <laughs> Irish whiskey in a martini glass. Perfect. Maybe, maybe with Bailey's, like a drop of Bailey's or something in it. Is Bailey's Irish? Bailey's Irish cream, I believe. Like it's from Ireland, though? I, I can't confirm or deny. I, I, Today it is. Can't help you. <laughs> Today it is. Um, so feel free to let us know if you're celebrating St. Patrick's Day today and keep those stories coming on Lucky Charms. If you've got one, we want to hear about it. 204 780 6868. On this St. Patrick's Day, there have been times where there's no snow on the ground. Not this day. It is not this day. Oh, didn't you golf March 16th? Is that the date that sticks in my head once upon a time? There, I remember that day. I remember being at work that day and wishing I was at, not at work that day because I wanted to be on the golf course. Mm. That was, I think, I, that was in the last 10 years. But even uh, uh, two or three years ago, I think, it was mid to late March where some courses were able to open. And then they had to put the brakes on because we got this snow event in April. Uh, so yeah, but it's not going anywhere anytime soon. With I feel this cold. the first year of that pandemic, twenty so twenty twenty, it was nice in the spring. I remember doing just because your memory, what you're what, what you're remembering. So I remember doing remote learning with the kids outside. It was yeah. like a nice warm March day. Yep. And eleven years ago, I only know this because my youngest turns eleven this year. But eleven years ago today, I found out I was pregnant with my second on St. Oh, Patrick's wow. Day, and we were down at the Forks. Nice. Uh, like I didn't do the test at the Forks. I did that more. <laughs> Is that a new attraction yes, exactly. down there? You can come down here, have a beer, and you know, take your no. Um, and so I always think of the lack of that. But we, the point was at the Forks. I remember my then one and a half year old splashing around in the puddles. We had no coats on. We had pictures from that day. It was a gorgeous St. Patty's Day. It's just a bizarre March is weird. It's like November. You can't trust it. The yeah. last St. Patrick's Day I think I really celebrated was in 2000 when I was living in Calgary and I was with my buddy from Winnipeg and we were out basically in a light jacket. I'm like. Not used to going out and about bar to bar in a light jacket for St. Patrick's Day back home. So that's the last St. Patrick's Day really had any fun. (laughs) (laughs) This got dark. This got real sad like in here. Last time I had fun on St. Patrick's Day has been 23 years. (laughs) Gosh, it is 23 years. stopping you from going out to have some fun today. Is there? Yeah, there is. <laughs> general general sponsor responsibilities. You know my saying, Brett. Kids ruin everything. <laughs> well, I love you, boys. <laughs> hey, they're your lucky charms. And at 204-780-6868, we're asking you about whether you carry a lucky charm or a tal- maybe you've got a talisman at home. Or do you do something to ward off something superstitious, like knock on wood? And uh, Greg, you had one teed up that you yeah, wanted to read. Yeah, Justin says, I have two things. Ever since I moved out of the city, I've been forced to drive in some bad weather. I knock on my dashboard before I leave my drive. I'm not sure why I started doing this, but I have not hit the ditch yet, and it's already been a few years. And the other thing isn't so lucky. I have a blue bomber jersey that apparently every time I wear it for a game, they lose. It's really disappointing. I may have to buy a new one this year. Uh, Wade Miller would be very happy to hear that, Justin. So keep those stories coming for a chance to win either... Tickets to see the Winnipeg Jets on Tuesday against Arizona or tickets to see the Doobie Brothers 50th anniversary tour on October 22nd. And a reminder that later this hour, just after 8.50, we are going to crown the winner of the Power of Sleep $250 Sleep Country gift card on this World Sleep Day because where you had a chance to nominate somebody on our website at cjob.com, someone you think deserves a good night's sleep to, for a chance to win that Sleep Country gift card. So we'll pick a winner, or we'll announce the winner at 8.50. In the meantime, we uh, touched on this earlier in the show. We just wanted to revisit the conversation, Loren, and this has to do with 
pandemic hangover and road rage and the effects that it's having uh, in not in a good way. Yeah, there's some suggestion and maybe just thought and idea about what might be behind a rise in road fatalities. So we've seen the, them increase across the province, you know, province-wide. There was more deaths last year than the five-year average. And in Winnipeg, uh, the police chief recently told the police board at a meeting last week that the number in Winnipeg for fatalities uh, 2022 tripled what we saw in both 2021 and 2022. 20. So there were 28 traffic fatalities last year. 12 of those were pedestrian. And the years prior, there were only nine traffic fatalities in each of those years. And we, I said, yes, for sure. There was less people on the road during the pandemic. So it makes sense. You saw less deaths. But we actually saw more fatalities last year than we did in 2018, 2019. And so there's something going on. And so after that police board meeting, the chief was asked what. And uh, his public information officer tells me that's when he made the comments that perhaps it's the frustration, post-pandemic anxiety, you know, any anger that might be out there. I don't know. could even be cost of living right now. There's all sorts of reasons to be frustrated. But... There is something going on because I looked at headlines around North America and found so many examples. El Paso, Texas, Colorado, Ohio, California. There was a road rage incident where someone was stabbed in the Waterloo Kitchener region last week in Ontario. And there's people who are talking about the idea that fatalities might be up in part just because of frustration. And I hate that we're being blamed for that because there might be, you know, engineering reasons. There might be road safety reasons that we're getting frustrated out there, but we're still the ones responsible for how we react. Yeah. Well, I was relaying an experience I had on Lajer Modier uh, just last week, someone uh, pulling as far as you can to the right, essentially off the road and onto the shoulder, just frustrated. They seemed to be frustrated with how slowly traffic was moving and they took it upon themselves to pass several cars in the shoulder. And so I was just sort of asking out loud, you know, I know what I'm seeing. What are you seeing out there? And Gary said very quickly after that, oh, guys, you should see some of the crap out here on the highway. I see it every day, not just cars, but supposedly fellow professional drivers. Six more years and I'm done with this career. Can't wait. Gary obviously drives truck professionally. And I said, is it any different now than it was pre-pandemic? And Gary says, absolutely. Way too many people on the roads now, LOL. I would go into Toronto and it almost looked deserted. Only a couple transport trucks going in the same time I was. I miss that. Everyone is in a hurry. The Pentagon has released footage of what it says is a Russian aircraft conducting an unsafe intercept of a U.S. Air Force surveillance drone in international airspace over the Black Sea. The 42-second video released yesterday shows a Russian Su-27 approaching the back of the MQ-9 drone and beginning to release fuel as it passes, the Pentagon said. The U.S. military said it ditched the MQ-9 Reaper in the sea on Tuesday after the Russian fighter jet poured fuel on the unmanned aerial vehicle in an apparent attempt to blind its optical instruments and drive it out of the area and then struck its propeller. So our next guest served in multiple squadrons of the Royal Canadian Air Force in the Canadian Armed Forces as a tactical helicopter pilot. As a director general on the RCAF staff, his responsibilities also included personnel, operations, logistics, infrastructure, and strategic planning for the entire Air Force. And his last years of service saw him as deputy commander of the Alaskan NORAD region and finally director of operations for all NORAD in Colorado Springs. All this to say... I think he knows what he's talking about. We welcome back to the start, Major General Scott Clancy. Good morning. Morning. So let's just talk about what the why behind this. Why would the Russians down it as they did? So I think that we have to divide out what was intentional and what was not from this intercept. First of all, I mean, this is not an isolated incident. These types of reckless behaviors and provocative flying and un- clearly unsafe flying, have occurred countless times on the Russian periphery, whether it's the Black Sea, in the Baltic, and around Syria. What was intentional, they intended to intercept that closely. They were doing those aggressive maneuvers. I just don't believe they intended to contact the drone and down it. They were just trying to force it out of the area. So I'm curious, um, what will the Russians learn from the drone if they manage to recover it from the Black Sea? Yeah, that's a great question. 
you know, when a drone like that goes down, the the pilots that are controlling it remotely will zeroize any of the data that's on board, or any of the cryptological equipment. But having the hard, you know, boxes that that are associated with that or the sensors can be informative to uh, adversaries, especially you know with the links that they would uh, be able to be connecting back to through satellites to where they're being controlled from. But I mean, this thing has crashed into the the Black Sea. It's now sunk to the bottom of the Black Sea. Recovery efforts in, you know, hundreds if not thousands of feet of, of water can be very difficult. Just look to that object that we tried to recover from Lake Huron. How is this going to impact U.S. operations in that part of the world? Well, I think that because this is not an isolated incident because this is one in a series of, and we've seen this type of extraordinarily unsafe activity, not just around drones, but around manned aircraft and not just from the United States, from uh, Britain and even the Canadian Air Forces have uh, been involved in these kinds of things. I think you're going to see a steadfast resolve from the Americans. And I think Secretary of Defense Austin said that during his press conference the other day, you know, they're going to be steadfast in their means to conduct their operations in international airspace, much like every other air force in the world, including Canada. How, how dangerous might it be with the U.S. and Ru- Russia going at it, like going back and forth like this? <laughs> so I, I think that we all have to, you know, take pause and hearken back to the Cold War. In the Cold War days, uh, you know, those of us who had fought during that time were pretty sure that if an escalation was going to commence, it was going to commence in the Mediterranean. That's where the fleets and air forces of the Soviet Union and NATO were very, very uh, up close and personal or operating in close proximity. And so if incidents like this were going to happen uh, and escalate quickly, that's where it was going to be. And and they did. There were collisions. There was all sorts of things that happened between the navies and air forces of both nations. Uh, So I think that the number one thing that the United States and its allies are going to do is uh, not want to escalate the situation. I think the answer is going to be to train, continue to train the crews to be prepared for this unprofessional uh, activity. Uh, But I think it's indicative of just how far the Russians are willing to go, uh, you know, to force some sort of escalation. I'm curious, you know, given your experience and so, well, so much has changed with technology over the years, and I want to throw in the use of cameras, right? Like, we're watching so many tactical maneuvers, wartime maneuvers in real time via social media or other, and even the fact that we had the video of this Russian plane and the drone is is, is all newer in this era. And does that change the way we not only react, but the way even military might react because there's this obvious response or what the public feels like should be an obvious response? Well, I think uh, there's a great, a great segue into you know the information environment and what that means to modern warfare. When I say that this is not anything new, that I've seen this on Canada's periphery. Maybe not. The Russians are very more careful. They're more benign about the intercepts that we conduct around our periphery, but they're still extraordinarily provocative. And we've had to train our crews, even in NORAD, to de-escalate you know situations. Uh, that Russian bombers and their escorting, escorting fighters uh, conduct on our periphery. But what, what this means is that you're going to see it, the public is going to see these things more real time. And, and I think that, you know, there's going to be a constant explanation that, you know, in the great power competition of our world, you do not want a nuclear war. And with the backdrop of two nuclear powers, this is kind of what's at stake in and around Ukraine. So there's going to be a constant back and forth that's that's going to test the political resolve of most Occidental nations, because that's really the only place where that debate is occurring. It's not not occurring in Russia, that's for sure. Retired Canadian Major General Scott Clancy is our guest, and you you mentioned nuclear war, and, uh, you know, I obsessed with this quite a bit in high school. Now we have kind of some other participants, those that are trying to get in on the conversation, so to speak, and not in a good way, as North Korea continues to test its latest ICBM technology. A Chinese study being shared in the media around the world suggests these intercontinental ballistic missiles, when perfected, could reach the center of North America 
in 33 minutes. First off, real quick, how fast are these missiles flying and how do we protect ourselves from these weapons of mass destruction? So that, they, no, that's a great question. So these, these missiles are traveling at four to five times the speed of sound. Uh, they are in an intercontinental ballistic trajectory. So it's a ballistic trajectory, much like you would you know, shoot the cannon uh, out of a gun. Uh, they have not, the North Korean missiles have not reached uh, North America. What they do is they fire them on what we call a lofted trajectory. So, you know, instead of shooting a cannon at an optimum distance, distance of like 45 degrees, they shoot it straight up and it goes way up into the atmosphere uh, and out in, into into space and then come, comes right back down. That's why you see the landing distances being so close uh, to where they're going. And, and this, you know, demonstrates what the the North Koreans want is to be part of the nuclear family because they've tested it's not just the missiles, it's the nuclear warheads, and they've tested up to a 140 kiloton uh, nuclear charge in Korean. Uh, it's an underground test that, that they did with respect to that. What, what that means, though, is that we have to have a re-education about deterrent theory and mutual assured destruction, which means that nobody prepares to defend against nuclear missiles because, you know, it's the end of the world, and that's what's going to prevent everybody from uh, from launching, is that once someone launches, everybody else has to launch back. And that backdrop of mutual assured destruction has been the underpinned all of NATO and the U.S. and Canada's deterrent concepts for the last 50 years. Retired Major General Scott Clancy joining us live on 680 CJOB. Thank you very much for this. We appreciate the insight. You have a wonderful Winnipeg day. I'm in a hurry to get things done. Oh, I rush and rush until life's no fun. All I really gotta do is live and die, but I'm in a hurry and don't know why. <laughs> Alabama, I'm in a hurry and don't know why. That goes out to our engineer, John who says uh, in response to Greg talking about that driver who took to the shoulder on Lash to speed past everybody, <laughs> that's the song that popped up. In a hurry, don't know why. Love it. Great song for Amazing harmonies, right, Brett? Oh. That's what we love about Alabama. Oh, just spectacular. Well, get lost, you two. Alabama and the Oak Ridge Boys. We had this conversation when you left the room. Yeah. Wow, because yeah. that's instantly what I think of that part when they do the harmony and everybody, when they sing along, tries to do it with whoever they're in the car with and the, nobody gotta can... got to get down low. And then you look at each other like, oh, we... Oh, yeah, next time. Next time that song comes on. Yeah, when you, get a, when you get a harmony like that, it's just beautiful. So whether I think it, you guys nailed it just now. I appreciated that. I mean, no. Start a little... Barbershop trio. <laughs> that that no, is a fourth voice a in our panel. And Mr. Mackling, who is that? Well, it is the host of Global News Morning Scene, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. till 9 a.m. on Channel 9, Cable 12, CKND Television in Winnipeg. And, <laughs> of course, Gabby, you heard my explanation as to why I do not have green in my wardrobe, it's, it has to do with your home province, but I just want to say that four, like at least four of my favorite people in the world are from Saskatchewan. Kenny Shields, Todd Kearns, Bob Irving, and Gabrielle Marchand. I'm so glad you brought that up. I don't have much green, and it's not because I hate the riders. I mean, I'm a Bomber fan, just to be clear. I don't cheer for those watermelon-wearing weirdos. But uh, Did you at one point? No, not really. Oh. I didn't really grow up a rider fan the way some people do in Saskatchewan, so this kind of worked out well that I now have a team I really root for. Yeah, you didn't have to turn your back on anyone. Yes, I didn't burn any bridges, I don't think. I'm still allowed back in the province. And I have to say, I love Saskatchewan too. Our Clay Young was live from this cottage show riding a oh. quad, and he asked me, he almost ran over the cameraman one, and then he asked me if I'd ever been on a quad, and I said, Clay, I'm from Saskatchewan. I was born on a quad, baby. <laughs> we watched that. It was 7.20 this morning, and we... We all stopped and turned and thought, oh, dear God, what is Clay Young up to right now? Riveting TV. It, it was, was amazing. I it was, was yelling for him to open up the throttle. <laughs> open the throttle, Clay. <laughs> yeah, I just straight out yelled, you coward. Come on, let her buck. So we it. are talking today, since it's St. Patrick's Day, about Lucky Charms. Uh, do you have a Lucky Charm? 
I have a lucky coffee mug and I swear bad things happen when I do not use that mug. It's very colorful. It's lovely. It's from Rio de Janeiro and it says Rio de Janeiro on it. And I love my coffee in it. And the time that I knocked out my tooth, I swear I had not had coffee out of that coffee mug that morning. And then recently I got super glue in my eyeball and mm-hmm. also tried out a different coffee mug with my pancakes that morning. Common denominator, the coffee mug. Did you get that while in Rio or did someone bring it to you? Yeah, actually I did, yeah. I, w- I was only thinking because you know how people go places and then they bring you stuff that says the t- city on it and you're like, why would I, like, this means nothing to me. I wasn't in Rio or I wasn't in Switzerland or I wasn't, it's just funny when that happens. I got a shot glass with uh, like a skull and crossbones on it from I think St. Vincent. My sister was there and she brought oh. that back. And so. you like it. Oh, I, yeah. I still use it. She bought it for me like 20 years ago. It's if, the nicest shot class I've ever seen. If it meant something to you in terms of like the connection to it, I get it. But it's just the random travel mugs. And yeah. like, I've never been to any of these countries. Well, that's I, why I bought you, brought you back that crappy licorice from Finland because I knew you didn't want anything that, you know, because you hadn't been there. So, Ooh, you know, I read you why. right, didn't I? That's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were at the airport and you're like, crap, I forgot to get something for Loren. Here's some stale licorice, Loren. <laughs> it was like half opened. <laughs> Half of it. I love Don't it. Don't fib like that on the air. It was not. <laughs> well, one of the reasons why Greg was in Finland was to see a special ice hockey match. And Gabrielle, in honor of the Great Cup announcement this week, the sporting event, uh, you've never been to a, but would love to attend. What is it? I think I would like to go see an NFL game, if nothing else, for the tailgating. Like, I think I would be more into the tailgating than the game itself. What are we eating? What are we barbecuing, everybody? What are we drinking? Are we lifelong friends now? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You feel me, Lauren? Mm-hmm. Yep. I've been to one NFL game, and we had gone to a hockey game the night before, and so we're not in great shape the next day and missed the tailgating component of that. We were even late to the game. Really? Well, which so, city was that, Lorraine? Detroit. Oh, Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, I don't know if they're famous for their tailgating I don't know anyway. if they are. So, so we got to, the, it was a Lions-Vikings game. The game mm. was great, and the stadium was cool. Yeah, Ford Field's but cool. But I missed all the, like, accoutrements. Accoutrements, yeah. Where's the amuse-bouche yes, before exactly. the NFL game? <laughs> exactly. Zhuzh this thing up. Uh, Kansas City, 12-hour drive straight down Pembina Highway. Mm-hmm. Best tailgating around. Oh, Let's I make bet. it happen. Let's make it. And I feel like you do it right, Greg, how you'll do these sporting trips. I love that idea, too. You do a sporting trip where you hit all these different games, like you're saying. Wham, bam. Let's go to a hockey game. Let's go to an NFL game. Let's do it all. Let's take all my money and all the drive-thrus, too. It really is a 12-hour drive. I just looked this up. It is a straight shot, pretty much, to Kansas City. We could do this. Take this little bar- barber shop trio plus me on the road. When I tried to do tailgating, they just took our booze. Because yeah, it, the one NFL game I've been to was in Seattle. And it was the oh, year where University they were, of Washington. They were in between stadiums because they tore, what was it called? The Kingdome? The Kingdome. They tore it down. That's right. And they were rebuilding their stadium right in the very spot the Kingdome sat. So we went to this game at the Washington Stadium, and I guess no alcohol allowed on the college campuses, Greg? Yeah, that's right. I w- attended a couple of games while they were in that uh, in limbo, and uh, my brother and I were devastated the first time. We also found out they didn't have 50-50 tickets, and for the second one, we really seriously contemplating contemplated printing our own and, and creating our own 50-50. <laughs> Here I thought America was out. built on college football and beers. Yeah, so we just sat down. We're like, where's the tailgate? party. We're like, I don't know. Well, I guess let's just sit down and start drinking it. They oh. were on us like in, like rats you in the second. You and I had second. the saddest NFL experiences. we got to do this again. Redo. Paul Redo. says tailgating in Kansas City is so great. You eat, you drink, you make friends. Best tailgating and yes, the game is anticlimactic. <laughs> <laughs> Gabrielle Marchand is the host of Global News Morning weekdays from 6 a.m. until 9 a.m. on Global Winnipeg. Gabby, always a pleasure. Thank you. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Hey, by the way, congratulations to Greg Kozlowski, who won our pair of World of Wheels tickets that we gave away just before 8 o'clock. Right now, we're giving away either a pair of Winnipeg Jets tickets for Tuesday's game against Arizona or 
The Doobie Brothers 50th Anniversary Tour, October 22nd, Canada Life Centre. Talking today on this St. Patrick's Day about your lucky charms, your talismans, or maybe the, the superstitious things you do, like uh, we had one listener who knocks on their dashboard, or maybe you knock on wood. Uh, Greg, Angela, though, thinking as one of our runners-up, is thinking of others with hers. Which really resonated with us. Growing up as a devout Ukrainian Catholic, I would always make the sign of the cross anytime I heard sirens hoping and praying that whoever was in distress would be okay. Also hoping that the first responders would be safe during their emergency call. Angela, I love the message there. I love the spirit of your superstition. And we also, uh, another runner up here is Lorna Loren in Gross Isle. True moment. When my mom passed away a couple years ago, she had given me a little St. Christopher medallion the size of a dime. I kept it in my wallet the last couple years. About a month ago, doing a little shopping, handing the teller some change, walking out and going about my day, and then realizing I had given the little St. Christopher medallion as a dime. Oh my gosh, I felt terrible chill and dread coming over me like something bad was going to happen, and I had to vigorously relive the day to figure out where I had might have left it and pray they had not passed it on. I went back to 7-Eleven. Thankfully, it was in their till. I seriously feel like something was going to happen to me or someone around me without that St. Christopher medallion in my wa- wallet. St. Christopher is the patron saint of... Travel, I believe. Is that right? I'm looking. I should. I feel like I should know these. <laughs> I feel I, like you should know all of them off the top of It's only because my mom has had a few that were quite common. Like she, We both, her and I, are similar for losing things. And so I uh, think the saint of lost causes might be Anthony. And so you'd be like, please just help me find my, help me find my keys, St. Anthony, please. Like you'd just be, I might have that one wrong. So I feel like I should know this, but I don't. Well, still, the, 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 the likelihood of finding something that small mm-hmm. to figure out where mm-hmm. you may have lost it and then to see that they still had it in your till, that's, uh, that's unbelievable because it happens all the time at the King's Head. People will come in on a Friday morning you can tell, and like doing sort of a pseudo walk of shame. Hey, do you, uh, I left, I think I left my cell phone here. Do you have it? And they pull open this drawer, have a look. Is it a drawer? It must be just massive amount of yeah. stuff in there after oh, a night. Yeah. Yep. Clothes, uh, phones. They have a cup. They have a they have a cup full of cards that people have left oh, behind. Yeah. I guess you know you, you got to leave a card, or whatever, for a tab, and mm-hmm. they just forget to pay the tab, or I don't know what happens. So. I always used to laugh at people that were so certain that they'd left behind their item in this exact spot. It's like but I suspect that it? probably yeah would have just taken it. Yeah, Saint Christopher is the patron saint of travelers, including motorists. Bruce Hollins is our winner, and Bruce says, my mom passed away a few years ago, and while she was still with us, would often share profound quotes that she would come across. Some were funny. Most of them were deeply meaningful and thought-provoking. When she passed away, we discovered that she had a couple of journals that she would write all these quotes in. I was gifted one of those journals, and I keep it in my briefcase. So often at lunch, I'll pull it out, read a few pages, and be reminded how fortunate I was to have her as my mother. Bruce, that is just lovely. Thank you so much for sharing. Thanks to all for sharing today. And Bruce, it's up to you. You either get the Jets tickets or you get the Doobie Brothers tickets. We shall get your verdict shortly. Jude! St. Jude, sorry, is the one you pray to if you lose things. <laughs> Impossible causes. <laughs> Anthony's something else, sick. I think maybe the sick. I don't know. I got this all wrong. Is it an impossible cause for you to not look right now. Like as if he's supposed to camp? <laughs> Way in here. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Lorraine's going to sit this one out. On this St. Patrick's Day, let's have a laugh or two with our friends from Yuck Yucks at the Fort Gary Hotel. Well, Brett, I have to wonder if one of our guests could work just about anywhere this weekend. When I give you his last name, you'll you'll understand why I'm saying this. Say hello to Brian O'Gorman, professional weirdo. Tattoo, tattoo, tattoo. Hello, everybody. (laughs) How are you? Brian, welcome to Winnipeg. Thank you, man. It's my first time here. I appreciate it. Very first time. Okay, we'll get into that. We'll dig a little bit de- deeper into that in just a, a minute. And also joining us this morning is Gilson Lubin. Gilson, good morning. How you guys doing? We're doing very well. And uh, your first time to Winnipeg too, Gilson, or no? 
Fourth time, maybe even fifth. Well, I see you're dressed for it. You both have toques on, so that's great. That's right. So, Brian, uh, just because it is St. Patrick's Day, would I be accurate in saying you could simply make a career around St. Patrick's Day alone? Yeah, man, this is uh, the time of year where I really milk my last name. (laughs) The O'Gorman thing is like most of the time I kind of downplay it because I don't want to have those Irish conversations with people. You know what I mean? Like, oh, so how far from the motherland are you, you know? But I don't want to do that most of the time. I just tell them I'm, I'm, I'm uh, you know, Canadian. But this time of year, I'm like, especially when I'm booking shows. You're playing that right up, are yeah. you? I'll be Brian for like 300 bucks a night. I'm Brian O'Gorman on St. Patrick's Day for a couple G's, you know? <laughs> oh, and the accent comes out for a couple more. You know what I mean? <laughs> Now, a couple of weeks ago, we had Martha Chavez on with us, born in Nicaragua, Nicaragua, pardon me. Uh, She brought such fascinating views of Canada based on where she was born. Now, Gil, you're originally from... St. Lucia? Is it Lucia? Because we, we, we have a pizza place here called oh Santa Lucia. But it's Santa only, Lucia. Yeah. So it's Gilson Santa Lucia. Educate Brett. I want to know how you spell Santa Lucia before we move further. The uh, same further. way. It's, it's really? well, it's, well, L-U-C-I-A, but the, then it's Santa. Like. So someone could care less about pronouncing things out here. Well, I'm just that's why I'm asking you, right? From the horse's mouth. St. <laughs> Lucia, how does that impact your view, your point of view of oh, your comedy? Oh, wonderful. Oh, my God. Uh, um, you know what um we are oh my god i'm always slow with these responses i uh this is how it impacts me even responding to you i have to be very meticulous and cautious because this is not even my real accent this is not even how i sound so you know uh, uh you're you're always you're always aware of what you're saying how you sound you know as a so-called i don't want to say immigrant that sounds bad but you know knowing that you have a different background different accent you know like you know, I even speak another language or two. So um, so you definitely notice almost everything, almost everything about this place in a fun way. And I was giving you a hard time there, Brett. And I only know it's St. Lucia because of where my stepfather is from. He's from St. Kitts. And so Gil and I are already friends. We're practically right. related because I asked, I asked Gil, I said, do you remember the Ben Johnson affair? Are you old enough to remember that? And he, and what did you say to me, Gil? I said, who you think sold Ben Johnson the steroids? <laughs> so I said to Gil, I said, I well, did. this is hilarious <laughs> because my stepdad does not pay attention to sport whatsoever. And so, you know, 1990, and we're in the midst of this big national conversation and this big inquiry into Ben Johnson's drug use. And my stepdad strolling through the through the living room, and he says, "Hey, boy, who, who's that? What's Doctor Astafan doing on my television?" I go, "Pardon me." He goes, "That Doctor Jamie Astafan. That was my doctor when I was a kid. He was his pediatrician. So you know all about it, Kill. Yep. And it's sad with Ben Johnson because you know to 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 have been the guy most known for t- taking steroids, this guy still doesn't have the fastest time ever. Mm-hmm. Like this is terrible. He wasted his opportunity. Like, you know, two years later, everyone's running faster than that. What was the point? Well, and you, Brian, I understand you want to achieve some speed because according to your bio, it says catch him now before he dies in a feeble attempt to make it to the moon in a homemade rocket. Uh-huh, so yeah. I, I, I imagine this maybe isn't something you plan to do, but is this like are, are stunts like this? Part of your past experience? <laughs> Making rockets? <laughs> Just in general. Yeah. Sure, man. I mean, it's a, kind of a fun thing to put into a bio, but I would do, I'd, I'd jump off most things, especially when I was younger, you know? Now, though, I'm almost 40, so I mostly just tell, you know, filthy jokes and bars and stuff like that for kicks, you know? But um, yeah, stunts was something when I was younger, we used to do a lot. Because back in the day when Jackass was all popular and stuff, almost every comedian was like lighting themselves on fire and jumping into like, barrels of you know you know piss or whatever shock, shock comedy <laughs> yeah it used to be a really common thing but now it's uh i don't know things have evolved i guess you know but um i don't know man I just love stand-up now you know just straight joking remember there was a girl uh back when around the jackass area when her closing move was to run into the brick wall <laughs> yeah. she'd light herself on, stage? on fire yeah i'm telling you and she'd light herself on fire she'd be- <laughs> Trying yeah. to get it out, then she just run into a wall. I think like, that was Ellen's old act. Was it? Yeah, Ellen DeGeneres. Remember that? Was it really? No, nah, that was a dream I That's had. Hilarious. Hilarious, man. <laughs> Caroline, Caroline something. Ray? Caroline Ray? Caroline. That's the lady from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. No. Oh, 
man. I think we just end turned of the day, over. End of the day, it didn't last long. She knocked herself out on one of them, and she just stopped. <laughs> look up, look up Caroline on fire, if we could. No? Gil, <laughs> with, with this proliferation of, of Netflix and all these Netflix specials and, you know... Uh, Stand-up comedians have have long been the social commentators we've all needed, I think, to to push the envelope yes. with regards to uh, what, not only what's appropriate, but but what we can talk about and, and what we should be talking about in society. Do, do people get the impression, because you're a stand-up comedian, you are rolling in money right now, or what? Um, if you know anything about stand-up comedy, you know we're not rolling in money. But uh, <laughs> if you are someone who sees... Someone on television, you could assume the world of them. You know what I mean? I had uh, women I was dating just assume I was driving. I was like, uh-uh. I said, I'm going to pick you up. And when you see that bus pull up to that bus stop, that'll be me. <laughs> <laughs> I might have a transfer, but no, let's not assume I'm rolling in anything. If I was rolling in things, I wouldn't have made some of these career decisions I've made. Like, I've appeared in commercials that no other men I know would. Like, for example, I was in a tampon commercial once. That wasn't that wasn't my goal, but I needed the money. That's how badly I needed the money. Well, on Friends, uh, Joey did that VD ad. That's right, right. So kind of like that. Okay. And what other commercials and have you clarify, been in? To clarify, I wasn't the mascot for tampons. You know, I was just drinking coffee in the commercial. Just because in the background. As we all know, nothing reminds women to pick up tampons more than a young black man drinking coffee. <laughs> the commercial made no sense. <laughs> to this day, I regret it. Did you give the money back? Give the money back. They owe me more than money. Like, they owe me at least free tampons for life. Anything. By the way, that's just a bit I'm trying on you guys. <laughs> In studio with us, we have Brian O'Gorman right. and Gil Lubin. They are Whatever performing at Yuck Yucks at the Fort Gary Hotel. And Brian, uh, this past January, your second album opened at number one on iTunes comedy charts. And well, well, iTunes Canada. If it was if it was iTunes, I'd be in a I showed up here in a jet. But no, it was iTunes Canada. <laughs> so like Gil said, the bus. And it remained there for several hours. Yeah, I man. understand. Yeah. So congratulations <laughs> to you for that. Thank you. But uh, so the the act of writing a comedy album, mm-hmm. um, like what goes into that? Does it, does it just sort of like when you randomly think of of things, or do you have to sit down and try to? Uh, come up with uh, your formulate material like what's the process yeah so the first couple ones was basically I I had enough material that I could do it I just recorded my third one uh, a couple weeks ago in Toronto and uh, that was more of like an active I'm going to write an album for this it's one of the only ways that comedians can really get paid these days is digital radio revenue and other radio revenues playing our stuff so yeah it is a little more of a conscious effort being like because people have to hear the jokes like it has to be like you know words you can't just sort of act stuff out a lot of comedians like will depend on their physicality and stuff and you can't do that you know you have to be like exclusively writing so it's uh yeah it's a little bit more of a different thing but uh i'm glad that there's a resurgence of it i'm glad that there's a resurgence of people sort of like listening to comedy albums as a whole because it really helps us all out and i don't know it's a fun way to take in comedy you know well like i i think back to the early 1990s uh dennis leary had an album called no cure for cancer it's one of I my w- faves yeah and i bought it on cassette and i rem- i would listen to that everywhere and yeah. you're right it was even when i finally saw the special and so it even had more material than that was on, on the audio version, but I still preferred listening to it as opposed to watching it. Yeah, it's great stuff, man. If you ever want to get deeper into that, though, Dennis Leary, like, uh, I was really heartbroken when I found this out, but most of that material was stolen from Bill Hicks. So, like, he was, like, had gone through a lot of his material, and Hicks was really upset about that. Oh, no. If you look deep into that, it's a wild story. But, yeah, Bill Hicks was an old comic um, who was really edgy and wild and stuff like that, and a lot of people sort of picked up his stuff. Leary uh, took, like, verbatim a lot of his stuff. Oh, oh no! Really wild. Like, really oh, my wild. God! I know, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. It's just like that. Your it's hero is finito, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gil, how do you avoid that? Like, I listen to a lot of comedy myself, and then I've always wondered, you know, the, the Rolling Stones and, and the Beatles right. and everybody else. How do you not inadvertently, even if you're not doing it intentionally, intentionally how do you not Man. inadvertently get some of this stuff in your head and, and imagine that Absolutely. it's your own? Well, what are, the, what are some of the, the, the thoughts out there is that, you know, everything's done, you know, there's nothing new under the sun, we're all under the same roof. But you know when someone kind of <laughs> is doing your joke almost word for word. That's why I personally deliberately, deliberately write stuff about being an immigrant. Not because that's, I'm like, oh, this is going to be the best. It's just how do you hopefully survive without walking into a room 
at times and seen a comic do you your bit word <laughs> some for white word. guy like hi I'm from St. Lucia no usually it's someone who is from like for example this one comic Arthur Simeon used to just steal people's <laughs> jokes word for word I'm just like man I'm gonna have to find a way to not just do jokes that are easy to do you know so so you just gotta be a little bit more cautious and a little bit sneakier with the writing yeah well you can see them this weekend with their original jokes at yuck yucks brian o'gorman <laughs> aka professional weirdo Heck yeah. and gil lubin joining us live on 680 cjob boys thanks a lot for coming in nice to meet you both thanks dudes thank you guys